The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do gooders with interviews, music, and documentaries. You're listening to the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X Ray FM, brought to you by the Media Institute for Social Change, a public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. Learn more online at mediamakingchange.org. I'm Carly Meisberger. On this episode, we bring you a conversation with Pippa Arend, the development director at PEAR. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I am in the studio with Pippa Arend, who is development director for PEAR. How are you doing? Really well, thank you. Good. So I think most people are aware of Pear, but let's do just a quick run through. Um, where is Pear located? So Pear is in Old Town. We're on Northwest Sixth and Flanders, and it's a it's a nice corner, big corner building. It's a big corner building. Yeah, we uh, yeah occupy that uh, northwest corner of that that little area. Yeah. And and who does Pear serve? Pear is an acronym, and it stands for Project Education Arts Recreation. So we work with 15 to 24-year-old homeless people through those tools, so through the tools of the head, the heart, and the body. And I, you know, I think that it, it when when Pear first came around, and and I was doing some reporting at the time, Pear was it was always awkward because you guys spell it P colon <laughs> E A R, and and now that's totally normal to me. Uh-huh. But but as you just described, like that is uh, saying the programming yeah. is what the P is. Yeah. I mean, in the beginning, when we started Pear, it was about a minute before URLs, right? So we had, we, and we just thought this idea of a colon, we wanted to separate the program from what the program was. So that was this idea of the colon. We just thought it was cool, frankly. Little did we know that it would be a nightmare in terms of URLs for the rest of our career. But, you know, we've, we've navigated around that. On our, our internet, our interwebs, as we call it, is pearmentor.org. And and now many of the services for youth are through the county. Is that correct? But Pear is not uh, through the county. We are not of the county or the city or the state or the feds. We are our own private <laughs> you're, island. Yeah. You're, 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 I think, the definition of rogue then. We are rogue. Absolutely. And 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 why why that decision and why what 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 benefit does that have? Well, it goes back to how we formed. So we were the three teachers at the Salvation Army Greenhouse School, which uh, did take money from the Salvation Army, from the county, um, from all sorts of funding sources, and was a great program. There's a lot of good things about that program. When they left Portland, so the Salvation Army doesn't do any youth services at all in Portland anymore. When they left and we felt that that was unconscionable, quite frankly. And so we decided to start our own program with the best of that program and leave behind what was the worst about that program. So what we found was the best was the relationship-based model. So that's what we've been really stubborn about keeping. So we, we have deep, long mentoring relationships with homeless and transitional young people, seeing that that's the only way to affect positive change in young people's lives. What we left behind, however, was some of the restrictive funding structures. So we saw how receiving certain kinds of grants from certain kinds of organizations um, does, you know, great things. I don't want to say they don't, but they also tie your hands and and make you sometimes work against the needs of the kids from our point of view. So what we wanted to do is create a funding structure that would allow us to work from our conscience so we could keep you know, as much as we could, gen ops money, so we could work 
from what we saw as the needs of the kids. I mean, really, the idea here is, is we want people to fund us in the same way that we support our kids, support us like we support our kids, which is um, through love and trust. Right. But that <laughs> idealism can be difficult. And this is the nonprofit hour, happy hour. So we do talk some about the administrative and some of the funding issues. And I think for PEAR, that becomes very interesting because being connected to the county or being connected to a governmental uh, uh, um, mothership, as it were, provides some <laughs> potential for stable funding, sure. while, while it perhaps restrictive, but stable. Sure. And and that idealism and, and keeping your money um, free and pure, as it were, I would imagine makes your job more difficult or at least more unique. Absolutely. Yeah. So we did not pay ourselves for the first three years as the three founders. Um, and then we started hiring and <clears throat> by year five and um, we, you know, didn't pay the three of us all year round till year 10. It was, it was a long, hard slog. But at this point, I feel really good about how we've been able to maintain this, our, our integrity because our budget is over a million. We have over nine staff. We have over a hundred volunteers. We've enrolled over 5,000 kids since we started almost 18 years ago. Of that pool, we'll see about 70, I think 74 a day is our average right now. So we're, it's a going concern. It's working. And the, and the thing is, yes, I may sound idealistic, but let me tell you what's going on underneath. We have a database full of all the numbers that anyone could ever want. And, of course, we take restricted funds. That's, that's, that's part of the quilt of making a nonprofit work. But my basic sense when I'm talking to a funder is I say to them, we may not be the right nonprofit for you to fund, but if we are, we really are. So it's it's this idea of I invite donors to curate the crap, if we can say that, out of nonprofits. And then once you have curated the nonprofit, you know that they're doing good work, allow them to do it. And 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 how in spite of not having restricted funds, um, when you do have uh, donors that, that come in and they're enthused about the relationship building uh, and, and that approach, do they sometimes give you ideas for how to run the programming as well? Sometimes, but mostly when they when they do, I actually invite them in because everyone is allowed to within reason, allowed to volunteer and, and, and take part in the program in that way that every day is like a beautifully different cacophonous alchemical day of, you know, who's in the room, what kids are in the room, what weather is it, what mood are people in, what mood am I in, and that creates a day. So when donors have ideas, they are welcome to come down and volunteer. Yeah, I guess partly what I was approaching is it really is something to, to walk into pair. I mean, you walk in and, and there, is, there, is a, there is a buzz going on uh, there's there's an energy level there's an enthusiasm and there are a lot of different programs that are happening yeah there is food there's there's an element of summer camp mm -hmm. to it uh, there's an element of charter school to it in that you walk in uh, bagels and bananas are being laid out um, you, art is being painted uh, and and but you also have like a number of programs that seem to sometimes you guys are not afraid to throw noodles on the wall and see what sticks. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a couple years ago, uh, Pear opened up its its uh, Pear Barista School. Mm -hmm. Is that still happening? It is. We've rebranded now. It's called Coffee Works. Coffee Coffee Works. Yeah. And and which is wonderful. I mean, so you you 
you know, it seems as if there is an opportunity for new ideas to to flourish there, and that there is uh, a flexibility that comes in. And um, and again, thinking about this in terms of <clears throat> funding, because you are the development director, um, is that tricky because you are chasing ideas sometimes, or are the ideas growing out of the money? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, but I, it's so organic that let me let me back up, and this this might describe how it works a little bit. So pair, yes, we work through education, arts, recreation, as the name indicates. So those you can think of those as the lateral buckets through which we work. But what's so beautiful about pair is we have a developmental scale as well that's happening on top of that. So it's we're we're essentially creating a three dimensional lattice through which youth can navigate and um, out of homelessness, really. So the first thing that kids experience when they come into pair is what we call safe space. So that is where they're met with eye contact. There's bananas and bagels, just like you were saying. There is someone that knows their name or will learn it that day. There is art on the walls. There's books. There's uh, a bathroom. There's a place where they can take their backpack off and it won't get stolen. So we're talking basic needs. And it, and some of our kids, that's you, you know, they've been... Maybe um, something terrible happened last night, or maybe something terrible has been happening for the past three years, and they just need that level of safety and security and um, no expectations, but just food in their belly, and we're just going to leave everyone alone from there. But when kids are ready and interested, and we have what we call our mentoring program. So that's all the programs that you feel when you walk into the space that are educational, artistic, and recreational. So we have, and that's where we throw noodles on the wall, really. You know, just like, let's see what happens. Let's see what volunteers are here. And it's it's really beautiful. Sometimes it always happens that a volunteer who is a knitter happens to be at pair when we have a group of kids who are interested in knitting. I mean, it just always happens that way. It's 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 after 18 years, I'm still blown away by the by the beauty of of the happenstance that happens in there. So we're doing educational workshops, artistic workshops, recreational field trips, cooking classes. So all these things that support the head, heart, and body. And then on top of that, we have what are what we call our pair works program. So that's our job training program for the kids that are ready for that. And under pair works, we have educational, artistic, and recreational works programs. So coffee works, art works, bike works. So these are literal job training programs that have paid stipends. And then when kids go through these programs, especially the coffee works and bike works, they can apply to be actual employees of our on-site coffee works barista retail window. It's amazing. Or our off-site bike works which is a, a shop in distant southeast, 162nd and Stark, where kids are are selling bike parts and doing bike repairs. It's it's really amazing. So where I'm coming through all that is, for example, one of our fantastic volunteers, a woman named Heidi, is a pastry chef. So she approached Beth, my my co-founder, um, a couple months ago about doing some kind of pastry workshop, which would then feed into our coffee works program so we could sell pastries but also just serve them to the kids so now we're talking about developing a cake works program as well or bake works we don't know it's you know it's sort of funny name but this i it's it's indicative of this kind of idea that organically grows and then we can most likely fund it but she she has the connection so she can source the flour the sugar and then we can just work with the community to create a real partnership and program that funds the kids helps funds up 
fund us and activates our volunteers. We're going to take a music break in a little bit, but before that, I, I want to keep talking. Uh, I want to put some numbers on this. You're saying 70-some kids are coming through the front door every day. Yeah. Um, over 18 years, can do you, I mean, how many kids have, has Pear served? Over 5,000. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's a small town. Yeah, right. Um, and and um, how do you measure success, and, and where, where do you put the percentage of success? Well, we can answer that in a couple different ways. We can speak about success in terms of numbers um, or lack of numbers. We can speak about success. Often we, we, we talk about participation in programs. That's a, a, a number that grantors really like, how many kids went through such and such a program. So we, we track all that and, and can spit out all those numbers, and, and they're interesting. What I really like is uh, the, the, the stories that can't really be encapsulated in numbers. Um, for example, we, we have a young person who learns how to self-edit you know, when they're speaking, um, a young person who learns how to love, Mm -hmm. um, with vulnerability and without creepiness, you know, that's a skill for all of us to learn. (laughs) Um, you know, a, a young person who struggles with anger and aggression, who does not break the window where they would have a month ago. Like that's, you know, we're, these, these are, we can get real deep and real fundamental with some of these stories, but you know I've seen so much, and and at this point you have to realize some of my kids are in their mid thirties, close to forties, right? They don't have access to pair anymore. Mm-hmm. Our our shut off, our cutoff is twenty five, but um, many of them still come in once a week because I'm that person, or or my or Beth is that person, or Joy is that person that is that that foundation, that witness for their lives, and so we've seen a lot of growth and evolution, and um, and and they have. Just as we have been witness to that in their lives, they have also been witness to that in our lives. Yeah, and, and let's talk about that other part of the equation then. So a big part of pair, I mean, a fundamental part of pair is, are the mentors. So who, who are these mentors? Where, where are they coming from? Uh, and, and, and who do you open the door to there? You're not open. It's not everybody that... that it is not a free-for-all. It's not a free-for-all. As they no. say, God, uh, God protect me from your... Saviors, um, I think that's good. <laughs> I mean, you guys, you guys let, let's put it in a different way. You guys curate the mentors. That that is one yeah. of the um, one of the, one of the real charms and values of pair is that you guys curate a really valuable pool of, of of people. Yeah, in in a lot of ways, it's really open. Anyone is welcome to go through our volunteer training, but we do put a lot of hurdles up, and we put those hurdles up intentionally um, to really make sure that these are people that really want to work with these kids um, and will be a, a positive part of our community. Pippa Arend is the development director for Pear, and now you brought in, uh, you, you want us to play a song in our musical break here from the Smiths. Why, why, why the Smiths? Well... Because we have a really fun fundraiser going on later this fall. It's on Saturday, October 12th. It's called From the Smiths to the Smithereens. And it's six to ten local uh, bands doing covers of 80s college rock. And it's being put together by Ezra Holbrook and Pete Ficht. These are you know mainstays in the Portland music scene. They're incredible folks. And this will be our fifth year of doing this fundraiser. And it's, um, it's, it's really fun. Let's take a listen. Punctured by 
that was, of course, The Smiths. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I'm joined by Pippa Aaron, development director for Pear. Now, now again, give us the date for the Smiths to Smithereens uh, event that Pear is hosting. So that'll be at the Alberta Street Pub Saturday, October 12th. There'll be two shows, actually. There's an all-ages from 5 to 7, and then overage from 8 to 11. And, and you guys have... Uh, are, Pear is well known for some of its fundraisers. Um, Pear Blossoms is another, is an annual. That's the big gala. That's yep. the big one. Uh, and when does that happen? That's in the spring. Yeah, that's generally third Saturday of April. So it'll be April 18th at the Portland Art Museum this coming year. And how much of your funding comes from that event? About a third. Wow. Yeah, it's big. That's a big night. Yep. Uh, and and that is so that's that's all individual donors really. I mean, whether it's tickets or the 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 auction that that you host, which is great. I mean, I, I was outbid a few years ago for a mechanical bowl and tequila night. I'm still, I'm still a little sore that that didn't happen. We can make that happen for you. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That's primarily individuals. I mean, there's probably thirty thousand that comes from corporate sponsorships. Them, you know. The Boeing Company buying a table, for example, um, they have been great supporters, by the way. Um, but main, everything else there, which is a lot, is individual people coming forth and yeah, buying tickets um, and then participating in the live auction or the oral appeal. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about funding, and then I want to talk just more uh, some some insights into uh, homelessness and 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 youth. But do you remember your first successful grant? I know that it's been it's been you know, almost two decades since since Pear got on its feet, but you were coming at this more from a from programming standpoint. Is mm -hmm. that is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Initially, I served as program director, and then have evolved into development director. Um, probably around year seven or eight, and it, it was very funny because we didn't have a development director prior to that. We didn't, you know, we really didn't know that name. Like we didn't know that title. We were so. Um, I don't want to say scrappy, but certainly organic. Um, so I was doing a lot of development director work without that title, without knowing that that's what it was. I just happened to like throw to throw a party. It's you know, it's a it's a skill set. It's an interest. So um, so I've just done that from the beginning. But in terms of grants, I think one of our first beautiful stories is um, to talk about a woman named Madeline Nelson who has since passed. Um, but she, I can't even remember how she found us, but. If it, if she was even just walking by, and came in and started talking with Beth, my coworker, <clears throat> and they just hit it off, and um, and she gave us a quite a considerable amount of money for for our programs, and it was, and it sort of followed in that path. A number of our of our gifts from individuals are people that just come in, have heard about us, or have just come by and seen our coffee shop and come inside and and, and give us a $5,000 check or a $10,000 check or larger or smaller. You know, um, it's really, I, I have felt so thrilled to be a part of Pear. I feel like Pear is this, this weird, wild vortex where beautiful kids and beautiful supporters and community members come in and find common ground and get to support each other. So Yeah, no, I... You know, I, 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 I'm, I'm listening to you talk, and, and I've, I've been down to Pear um, a, a number of times, and, and I really encourage people that have never been there, like if you're bothered by uh, street kids or if you're concerned about homelessness, like go down to Pear. Like, I mean, they're, they're, the, the optimism just uh, 
this sounds wrong. You reek of optimism. <laughs> I mean, but it, but it just there is so it is it is such a wonderful space. Like it is a very magical space, and it and it is. I feel like it 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 counterbalances any of those frustrations, uh, concerns that people have about homelessness. Whether mm-hmm. that that is that you are concerned that these kids are out there committing crimes, which isn't normally true, or that that you're 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 worried about what you can do. I mean, Pear is just this real bright spot. Yeah, I feel like kids always always live up to the expectations we have of them. Right? Mm-hmm. They just. They do. And so in pair, we'll have kids that are, you know, the sweethearts of our program, like picking up brooms, trying to sweep for us. I mean, they, you know, they just love us the way we love them. And we'll find out that these are the kids that are kicked out of the other programs mm-hmm. because of violence or, you know, bad behaviors. Um, so there's something different about pair. And I think part of the difference is in the dignity that we share with our kids. So let's 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 wrap up our our half hour here by talking though some about the insights. Um, how how much have you seen homelessness uh, uh, change in in almost two decades? I mean, as Portland has changed and become a more expensive and a a uh, more filled in city, mm-hmm. what pressures has that put on teens? Yeah. Um, so our numbers have remained have remained strangely consistent in our almost two decades Um, in terms of, I mean, we see a few more kids, but not 20 years more worth. So, um, so what that tells me is that these, these kids are here. They, they exist. One side note is there was a study done probably 20 years ago. And I, I feel that it's probably still accurate that these are our kids, that these are not travelers. There's this myth that these kids come from elsewhere to pair for our services. And in talking with the kids from this study, from everything, about 85% are from within 20 miles of our downtown core. These are our kids. So I want to just say that. So some of the differences that I've seen, though, in the youth homelessness population is, um, and I want to differentiate, I don't work with adults. So that's, that's, and I don't feel like I can speak to adults. But in terms of youth, um, some things that I've seen that are different are the drugs. You know, it used to be a real, a real heroin-heavy town, and now it's it's more methy, which is a little scarier um, to me. Um, so that's that's real. Um, you know, there's more access. There's it, there's more access to guns. You know, that's real. Um, not that that's necessarily a youth issue, but that's you know that that's real. So uh, other than that, I think there's sort of the structural pieces, which is the the changing landscape in terms of development of downtown it used to be that kids and adults could be in old town and no one really noticed now we notice because it's been infilled with all sorts of development for you know for good and bad you know both sides of that there also used to be sort of an ethos of you could sleep on the streets at night but you had to clean up during the day under Charlie Hales, that changed again for better and for worse. So, um, so now we have sort of confusing laws that are hard to enforce, that make the issue much more visible, um, again for better and for worse. And what what is the uh, relationship with uh, downtown business associations or neighborhood associations uh, with pair to Old Town? I mean, is there a feeling, uh, if 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 you can speak to this, that 
they're excited that you're there, that you're that you're helping out, that that you're working with them, or is there a feeling that uh, Pear is a magnet? I don't I don't know um, actually because I feel like I haven't gotten any direct feedback. Uh, but I think people look at homeless youth organizations the same way they look at shelters. Yes, 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 we need shelters, but you know, not in not my neighborhood. Here. Yeah, so I feel like there's probably a little bit of that. But what I found generally is that if people are concerned about youth homelessness. If people don't want youth on the streets, then they support PEAR because, or programs like PEAR because we literally are having kids spend like 35,000 hours in our doors, not on the stoops of downtown Portland. And, 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 and even more so than that, and you obviously know this, but it's, it's not just about providing uh, support and shelter. I mean, it's about uh, a, a living soul living up to potential Absolutely. and having a good life. Absolutely. Or at least the opportunity for it. That's what it's all about. You know, and, and I think that you're saying that it's, it's, um, it's looking at somebody not as a street kid, but just looking at someone as like a kid that needs a break. Right. Um, how do you stay upbeat throughout all of this? I mean, you're, you're hearing, I mean, I know that there's success stories, but you're also hearing some real hard knock stories and some, uh, uh, you know, these kids aren't coming in and, and in the morning and then by the end of the day, they're magically changed. I mean, these are long term mm -hmm. chronic uh, uh, um, support that you're providing and changes. So how do, I, 18 years, how, how, do you, how do you, I mean, and, and then, and then a career even before that, I mean, how do you not burn out? How have you, how have you not? Um, there have been periods where I was pretty close, honestly, years at a stretch where it was really hard. But in general, um, the, the three of us who founded Pair, again, Beth Burns and Joy Cartier and myself, from the beginning, we've had a real strong ethos of, of self-care and taking care of ourselves and, and. I think Mother Teresa has a really, I don't know if this is true, but we have this myth around Mother Teresa that she would pray, I don't know, three times a day, some X number of times per day. And even if she was holding a person who was dying in her arms, if it was time to pray, she would put that person down and go pray. And if she came back and that person had died, so be it. There's this sense of, of you cannot give if your own well is not refilled. So I try to, to the best of my ability, live a really good life. Yeah, that's what flight attendants tell us. Take care of yourself before you take care <laughs> yeah. of those around you. Right, right. right. <laughs> um, Pippa Arend is the development director for Pear. Thank you so much for coming in and thank you for all the work that, that Pear has done. And again, I... I encourage people not just to get on the website, but to go down in person, um, get a cup of coffee and or just go and look at the artwork or just just feel the good vibes. It is it is such an amazing space uh, you guys have built and and work that you guys do. Thank you. Absolutely. The nonprofit happy hour is made possible by Beneficial State Bank, a certified B Corps that holds to what it calls a triple bottom line of social justice, environmental well-being, and economic sustainability. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting our show, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and KXRY Radio, X-Ray FM. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our executive producer and editor is me, Carly Meisberger. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page. Questions, comments, or ideas about the show can be sent to info at mediamakingchange.org. Thanks for tuning in.